everyone knows what happened here and we're getting to the bottom of it. We have to go through the right, you know, we have to go through the investigation here. We have to go through the forensic audit and we have to do it the right way because we've got to handhold and bring people along and let them know what's going on. But there's no way Joe Biden won by 81 million votes. You have to be smoking Hunter's crack pipe to think that. And the whole world knows it. Even the people on the left know it. But they think through their force and their corruption that they can keep us down and make us not not believe it because we're never going to believe it, but make us live with their lie. And we're not going to live with their lie because we're going to save America. You know, watching Joe Biden in office is such a slap in the face to every American, to our forefathers, to the founders of this country to our grandfathers, our uncles, our fathers, our mothers, anybody who served in the military, it's a slap in the face. They died for this country. They died for our rights. They died for us to have a, a fair election and have a vote that counts. And they made, a, they made a mess of that. They made a debacle of it, and they made a joke of it. And it's not going to stand. And when I'm governor, it's not going to stand. gentlemen what is this on my screen ladies and gentlemen oh there it goes <clears throat> i don't know what i did to my ca camera but my face is certainly much bigger in the screen today ladies and gentlemen how's it going it is uh it is thursday ladies and gentlemen it is thursday october 14th 2021 Welcome to another edition of the C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C. We are coming to you live, of course, the foxhole.app, pill.net, twitch.tv, clout hub. Hope you guys are doing well tonight. What a way to start off the program today. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Who do we have here? One other than uh one other than none other than Carrie Lake. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm, 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 mm. Um, very, very, very clear, very, 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 um, poignant, those words she has to say. I, I quite have to agree with her. Gotta agree with that Carrie Lake. This slow, arduous process, but we're here, folks. We're here, and we're not going to let anything change that. I think the vibe is in the air as they'd say the vibe is most definitely in the air and there's a lot of news to be had today of course today's just woo today was one of those days ladies and gentlemen at least for myself i mean uh you can kind of feel the weather changing outside of course we had a lot of rain here just the other night so that might have something to do with it also but just one of those days ladies and gentlemen but nevertheless, we still have much news to go over with you all today. Uh, we're, well, today's going to be another easy, nice, and relaxing kind of an episode, kind of a day. Oh, looky here. What am I? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Let's see what we're talking about. We got, um, oh, 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 Biden, 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 crying, lying, hiding, 
Biden just did an update on uh, COVID-19 measures. As you can tell, we're not live on ScrewTube today because I said it. COVID-19. Coronavirus. Vaccine. Ooh, yes. We can use all those provocative words when we're not uh, hawking our wares over at YouTube. Mm, yeah, well... We aren't going to be able to do it on YouTube tonight because we are going to mention some things about the coronavirus. Not a whole bunch, you know. Uh, just kind of wanted to take a look at his point by point um, with his statements today. Look at it point by point with his statements. Uh, I, I, you know, I know a lot of you guys don't like to suffer this clown for long, but uh, you know he can't speak that long anyways. It's about a six minute clip. It's about all that they could muster for him today. That's terrible. Six minutes of Biden is more than anyone should have to ask for. But let's just uh, let's just see where, you know, the deep state and this uh, foolish timeline that they're running all of their activities on. Let's see where they are. Let's see what they've got to say. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. It won't last too long. Uh, Dr. Shiva had an open forum today in Maricopa County. Don't know of uh, how many of you all got a chance to catch that this afternoon. Let me tell you what, when it started, they had like, what, eight to ten callers? By the time they were done, they had like 2,500 people online, 5,000 people calling, etc. Uh, a lot of people from Maricopa County them, uh, itself were there. Yeah, a lot of people from Maricopa County calling, I mean. It was, it was a virtual open forum. It was very interesting, actually. Um, and, uh, well, well, we'll play some of that today. He uh, had a couple of guests on. Miss Harris was on. Uh, you know, she did the canvas over there in Arizona, Maricopa County. That same canvas that we don't seem to be getting over here in Texas for our forensic audit, Joe Esparza. Greg Abbott, perhaps you might like to know a thing or two about that. After all, we want our full forensic audit to be uh, a genuine full forensic audit. We want our audit to be as forensic and as genuine as the genuinely manufactured disease that came out of the Wuhan lab, most likely starting somewhere in North Carolina. Oh, goodness. Is that too much to ask for, ladies and gentlemen? I really don't think that's too much to ask for, but either way, We'll take a look at this uh, Maricopa County open forum that um, Dr. Shiva had. It was his point by point. You see, my point by point with Biden is over his little uh, six minute lecture. <laughs> six minute lecture. Uh, it's about his six minute lecture this afternoon. Yeah, but uh, Dr. Shiva's point by point with Maricopa County that was over uh, all of the errors, all of the discrepancies, everything that went wrong with it, everything that they uh, they think that they're going to give a point by point. A point by point is simply the magical phrase of the day. If you say point by point five times, then uh, you will get uh, Jambi to open up his little wizard's box and be like, how? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so... Uh, that, that, that is that. We'll take a look at that. It's interesting. There's it's some very interesting stuff he had to share on that today. I quite enjoyed it. We'll also take a spin around the good old Commonwealth of Virginia to look at their governor's race as we know that it's finally heating up. <laughs> it's like it's finally heating up. 
No, we've known about Yunkin and we've known about McAwful for quite some time. We've talked about them before, but oh man, it's they're already in. Uh, don't tell me the race is over. No, just kidding. They're already in. <laughs> they're already in. Uh, was it early voting season? It seems like it's early voting season. I think their early voting season is like a month long. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone in the audience from Virginia, but a month long, right? It's like a month long. Is early voting traditionally a month long? I feel like that's super long for some reason. I feel like in Texas, it's like two, three weeks at the most. Of course, I know we have some new, uh, you know, election laws going on here and there in the state of Texas, but uh, that still uh, seems like quite a long time. So yeah, we'll we'll spin around there for a little bit and we'll close up with some of Janet Yellen's lies. You guys remember Janet Yellen? Of course, she is the uh the um uh what do you call it? Uh, Fed Reserve uh chair turned treasury secretary Janet Yellen. Secretary. <laughs> Did you guys remember the episode where we did Janet Yellen the secretary of state? <laughs> Is <laughs> you got you've seen the picture of her guys. You know what Janet Yellen looks like. How dare you? <laughs> you know what Janet Yellen looks like. Here we go. Are you ready, guys? Here's Janet. <laughs> Sorry. And look, there's her coat. I really like her coat, though. What? Whomever did that blazer, I think the blazer's smashing. Honestly, I would own one if it were, uh, you know, in masculine size also. <laughs> Anyways, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? How are y'all doing tonight? Welcome to another episode of the Sea Report, Twitch, Clout Hub, Foxhole, Pilled. Let's see what's going on. Sherry Pittsburgh is in the house over at the foxhole.pilled.net. Rapture ready. Hello, hello. Pilled by the rabbit. Two Rivers is in lurking mode, for one cannot... Uh, one cannot eat and chat in the chat room at the same time. I would highly advise against it. I just ate before I got on the air today. And trust me, it was hard to put my report together with uh, juicy, greasy fingers because I was eating finger foods. Uh, CJM61, good evening. Good to see you. Loving nature. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm a loving nature too right now. This time of year, it's quite nice. Good evening, Just V. How are you doing? Good to see you. See you soon, Just V. Actually, we'll see about that. No, just kidding. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just finish saying hello, and then we'll get back to that. Tam Garel says, honk, honk. Let me in here. Well, come on in, Tam Garel. How you doing? Uh, let's see here. And uh, Curious Cat is in the house too. Good evening, Curious Cat. <laughs> I hop onto Yellen's face. Ah, don't say such a <laughs> don't say such a thing, curious cat. Don't say because then look <laughs> you get a whole bunch of that. Oh my goodness. Janet Yellen is always gelling about something, says Two Rivers. Ah, you're a funny one. And Ohio Kimmy, good evening. Thank you for the cookie. And uh good evening, Mr. C and Foxhole Peeps. Good to see you. Yeah, let me tell you something about Janet Yellen. No, thank you, sir. You can hop on her face all you want. I will not do that. Let's just, uh, let's keep this professional, Mr. C. Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, a lot of other news. Yes, we're going to jump to that. Yes, yes, yes. We're getting there. We're going there. 
There was something that I found very interesting on today. Now, like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, Dr. Shiva report today. Okay, it wasn't the Dr. Shiva report, but it was um, it was a Dr. Shiva um, open forum. You know, so uh, he said he might hold another one, which I think would be pretty good, pretty interesting. I think it should happen. I think uh, Dr. Shiva should definitely do it again. The whole point of it, of course, was for him to uh, get Maricopa County on the air with him to call in and have an open forum discussion about what happened in uh, that county in Arizona and why the ball dropped so hard on their end. You know, very, very interesting. So, uh, uh, other things going on at that time, too, you know, uh, just about the time that the uh, House Committee on Oversight and Reform had their sham hearing about the Arizona audit, which I might add, I believe they might be gearing up to do another one, like the how we should move forward from this point now that we've established that it was a sham and it was a threat to democracy hearing that they had that everyone uh, kind of ignored. Yeah, well, just about the time that they had that hearing... <laughs> Um, I went ahead and subscribed to the YouTube uh, channel for the uh, Committee on Oversight and Reform. Because <laughs> these guys seem like a, a bunch of bad guys. Like, this is like, you know, one of their, like, hangout dens where they all, like, freaking go and destroy the Constitution and uh, wipe each other's butt with it, you know? <laughs> so I was like, let's keep an eye on these guys. Let's see what these guys are up to. So apparently they had this today, and we're not going to go into it. I, need, I did not know what was going on until afterwards, but they had this today. And this is the uh, House Committee Oversight and Reform hearing on how to find and recruit the next generation of federal employees. I was like, boy, Bannon must have really scared the crap out of them. <laughs> so I don't know what on earth these crazy cats were talking about at this uh, little hearing here, but uh, I think it'll be worth jumping into at some point. I might uh, take a gander. Oh, look at, they're all raising their hands. They're like, yes, do it. <laughs> do it, Mr. C. <laughs> Did you see that? I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that was the universe saying, do it, Mr. C. You should do it. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so we'll see what that's about. I don't know. It's uh, it's not that long. It wasn't that long of a hearing. It's, it's something that can be easily digested. But uh, thinking about that plan that uh, Steve Bannon had laid down about, you know, uh, getting the next uh, generation of, you know, either previous Trump appointees or heck, you know, you know, patriots in there to um, to serve at that level, which I mean, yeah, it is like what a public job, right? It's not in the private sector. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is government job, but they're going to need the bureaucrats there anyways. And, and, and when I say that, that, you know, I mean, they're going to need that kind of, you know, mentality, personality, I don't know what you want to call it. The point of the matter is, the point of the matter is that, in my uh, in my opinion, it's pretty cool. Um, and, and that these guys are having their little meeting. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We have, to, we have to step up now because Bannon's going to bring in a bunch of patriotic bureaucrats. Dang it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. 
I'm sure Tamgirl says they will uh, direct recruit from the UN pool. Ugh! That's what this entire meeting's about. I bet you, Tamgrel, now that you say that, I bet you this entire meeting is, they just sat in a little, like, I don't know, a little portable out back. <laughs> and then they just, like, live fed this into the UN, like, everyone. Yeah, you're right. That's probably what it is. That's probably exactly what it is, Tam Grell, and we're going to find out. Me and Tam Grell are going to get to the bottom of this, no matter who's on top. So too bad, Deep State. Mespeakin' easy. Good evening, sir. How you doing tonight? Good to see ya. We got some swamp creatures coming up, in case uh, you hadn't heard. Uh, you might want to... Uh, someone warn W.C. Cranot that we have some swamp creatures coming up tonight. Okay? <laughs> Oh, Twitch, oh, Cloud Hub. If you want to get in on that kind of fun, you got to go over to pill.net or the foxhole.app. Too bad, so sad. That's all we got to say about that in these parts of the woods. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time to say hola to Senor Tromperino. That is our El Presidente, El Presidente Quatrinco Cinco. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, so uh, a few things, a few things for President Trump, El Presidente, El Numero, Quarento Cinco. Quarenta Cinco. That's what I said. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got some statements. He's got some of those finer points to present to us. You know, uh, news was news for today, I guess you could say. Uh, I have actually more, I have more pressing stories with like Texas news, to be quite honest with you today. Uh, but we will get to the Texas news maybe sooner than you think. Now let's get into those President Trump statements. Let me get uh, Janet Yellen's like high fashion, uh, high fashion blazer <laughs> sleeve off of the screen. Did any of you guys pick out the Janet Yellen high fashion? A uh, high fashion blazer on the screen. None of y'all saw it. Boo! It's gone. Now you have a uh, you know a mid a mid fashion blazer on the screen. Uh, okay, so a uh, statement from President Trump for today, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. All right. It says, Mark Meadows, our great chief of staff during some very exciting White House years has written a new book entitled The Chief's Chief. It is available for pre-order now and doing really well. If you want to learn about politics, truth, our great administration, and exciting achievements that took place in government, pre-order your copy now. Remember, there has never been an administration like ours. We did things that no other administration even thought they could do. The Chief's Chief would make an incredible Christmas present, and with... United States supply lines totally dead, and with thousands of ships having no way of unloading because of incompetent leadership, you will have no other thing that you can buy anyway. <laughs> Seriously, it's a fantastic book, and Mark Meadows and his wonderful wife, Debbie, are great people. Order nya. Well, there you go, Mr. Trump, Mr. President Trump, selling something other than vaccines I can quite agree with. You know, Mark Meadows isn't the only person who has a book on pre-order right now, Mr. Trump. Eh. 
I'll send you a copy, sir. Aha! Okay, so, uh, yeah, Mark Meadows got a new book coming out. Go order it now. Pre-order The Chief's Chief. Sounds exciting. I'm sure it will be worth the read that President Trump has sold it for. You know, yeah, supply lines stuck, crashed, print on demand, such a hot commodity. Yeah, could very well work. Could very well work out indeed. Uh, let's see what we got here, ladies and gentlemen. Right up next for you, another whopping President Trump statement. Let's see what she says. Today, the highly respected Dr. Shiva Ayadarai, I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, MIT PhD, is having an event on the big findings from the Arizona audit. He has invited the rhinos on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to participate. If they have nothing to hide, and if this was the most secure election in history, they would show up and answer the many questions raised by the audit, like, how there were over 17,000 duplicate mail-in ballots and why they poured in after election day, how they were over 6,000 more ballots than there were envelopes, or why some were stamped verified and approved, even though they had no signature, which is against the law. Maricopa County has refused to answer these questions and so much more, and instead shoots the messenger. Tune in to Dr. Shiva's open forum from 12 to 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern daytime. <laughs> we must fix our elections to save our country. These massive irregularities and corruptions are now in the hands of the Attorney General Mark Brnovich of Arizona. Everybody knows what the right answer is, both in Arizona and other places. The uh, question's not going to go away, ladies and gentlemen. Quite clearly, the question is not going to go away. The answer must be honored, truthfully, to the American people, to everyone that's been lied to, uh, to the victims of this uh, heinous crime. I mean, ultimately, it'd be all of us, right? But uh, ultimately, you know, those personally um, in the line of fire that they have experienced because of this fraud now you know, like Trump and his family, for example, imagine everything that they're going through. Um, yeah. And so, yes, uh, that's why we are going to check out Dr. Shiva's open forum. We're not going to watch all of it. It was like, it was four hours long guys. So we're not going to watch all of it. Uh, they had a bunch of calls. I think uh, throughout the entire session, they probably took about 10 calls, maybe 15 at the most. Okay. Uh, interesting calls, interesting calls. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully he does another open forum with, uh, you know, phone calls. Like I said, Maricopa County never called in. He even put their number out. He put their number out and he was like, uh, he was like, well, you guys call them and tell them to call. <laughs> I don't know how many people did. I didn't. Uh, I considered live streaming it actually, but, uh, so much was going on around the old homestead this afternoon could not really bring myself to include you all in that. <laughs> ah, I told you there was a swamp creature coming. <laughs> I apologize, podcast viewers. I didn't mean to yell in your ear like that. Okay. <laughs> so, and I call them podcast viewers. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that officially concludes the president Trump statements in case you weren't wondering, in case you were wondering, 
In case you weren't wondering, it's probably because that you uh, figured that out the minute you saw this uh, creepazoid on the screen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, come on. There we go. I was uh, waiting for the uh, chat to appear over here. Let me see what we got going on. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's speak. T-Webs, 11.11. Good evening. How are you doing? I signed, uh, this is what Tombstone says. I signed the Wendy Rogers petition for decertifying the Arizona election. Didn't you say uh, you had live in or be Arizona? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Tombstone. Good Good catch on that with uh, Wendy Rogers uh, decertification petition that is at action.wendyrogers.org slash decertify. Once again, action.wendyrogers.org slash decertify. You do not have to be an Arizona um, constituent, Arizona citizen, a person from Arizona state. Anyone in these United States of America can sign that petition. So uh, thank you, Tombstone, for bringing up that point. If you guys haven't signed it to decertify uh, the election here in these United States of America, go and head over to action.wendyrogers.org slash decertify and sign it today. And then while you're at it, uh, see if you can't find um, her new uh, Declaration of Independence, you know, the one that talks about, uh, you know, decertifying the election and uh, getting a forensic audit in all 50 and, uh, you know, actually um, points out the legislative steps in order to get the electors recalled and a new election to occur. Yes. Have your representative sign that. Make sure that they're aware of it. I sent mine over uh, to uh, Joaquin Castro. Joaquin Castro, ladies and gentlemen, because that is um, who's my representative. Can you believe it? That little piece of filth, that little filth rag, that little piece of snark trash. Like, let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, he deserves far worse than that. That little piece of crap rat. Like, he deserves far worse than that. Anyways, I sent him my letter today. Um, oh, did I tell him about Wendy Rogers? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. You know, the main point about sending it over to dear old Joaquin was uh what it had to it has to do with the forensic audit ladies and gentlemen that they are not performing in the state of texas it has to do with election integrity it has to do with uh, letting him know where i stand and where he should stand too undoubtedly and this guy's a little uh trash democrat you know <laughs> like terrible terrible guys anyways um I'm going to be getting with uh, Skeeter Burke, and uh, we'll we'll decide what our next move is on this. I don't know. I don't know if you're in the audience, Skeeter. I haven't checked it out yet uh, since uh, I got distracted. But uh, yeah, so we can uh, we can move on this, guys. And uh, if you guys want to use that letter as a template to your own, I'll let you read it first to make sure you know it's not too Mr. C. <laughs> And if you want to use that, particularly if you're in the state of Texas, I know we have a lot of Texas family in the community over at Foxhole and Pilled. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're more than welcome to use it as a template. You can you can you can cut out anything that does that sounds too Mr. C. <laughs> like you can replace it with your own words, that kind of stuff. 
<coughs> good stuff, I think. But uh, I'll get with uh, Skeeter on that. And then uh, we'll see about rolling out some more of these templates. More of these. Uh, Skeeter Burke, I see you there. Skeeter Burke, what's up, girl? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I finished the letter, girl. I finished it. And uh, yeah, I just need to... Uh, I just need to make uh, draft copies to our uh, city representatives because even though they are not technically in, it's not technically their jurisdiction, I think uh, they should know where I stand with election integrity and where I believe that they should stand too. Yeah, so this way they don't make any stupid uh, mistakes like, uh, I don't believe in an election audit for Texas. Oh, really, representative, whatever your name is. You're over here in district, whatever district I'm in. I don't need to tell you guys that. Anyways, that's not the point, but that is the point indeed. So I have uh, tortured you guys with uh, lion crying, Hayden, pedo Joe Biden on the screen, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm about to torture you even more. <laughs> oh, we don't do this here quite often at the Sea Report. Maybe we don't do it often enough. <laughs> okay, guys, like I said, it's only six minutes long. We're going to do a point by point, okay? Okay, just so we can get, uh, we can check the temperature of where these deep state felons, these uh, lying American treasonous SOBs are. That's why we're doing this, guys. So uh, six minutes, I could say it could be maybe about 10 minutes. Because like I said, we're going to do a point by point. And kind of just hear what this loser has to say about the state of this country and also the vaccines and COVID-19. Everyone get your uh, banana cream pies and your tomatoes ready, okay? <laughs> get your gooey marshmallows out, all right? <laughs> Let's see if we can make it in his mouth. How about that? No? Okay, fine. All right. I'm no, I know, guys. I know this is going to be hard to watch. I'm, I know. I know. It has to be done for uh, our friends over there in the podcast land. Uh, I don't think I'll need to translate. I think he's pretty... Uh, you, uh, 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 you can understand what he's saying <laughs> throughout uh, this little performance of his. Uh, I don't know. This is probably in his soundstage. I would imagine this is in his soundstage for people who are asking... For people who are like, hey, is he inside his fake White House? Probably. Probably he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's probably inside of his fake White House. But it's okay. It's only six minutes. I think uh, I think I'm drawing it out a little bit more than I need to, right? So we can feel that pain. Tar and feathers. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's get this rolling, guys. Let me make sure we got the good sound on. We got to make sure we got the good stuff going. You know what I mean? particularly for this loser. Okay. All right. Oh, I sound so, I sound so bullish. Don't I am all this loser. No, just kidding. Here we go, guys. Don't hold your breath. Okay. Good afternoon. I've just been briefed by my COVID-19 team on the progress we're making on our fight against the virus. Today, I want to provide a brief update on my plan that announced in early September to accelerate the path out of this pandemic. It's working. We're making progress. Nationally, daily cases are down 47%. Hospitalizations are down 38% over the past six weeks. Over the past two weeks, 
most of the country has improved as well. Okay, so I've already missed everything that he said. He said that we're improving, and then he scratched his nose like that. That's what he did, just so you know. Case rates are declining in 39 states, and hospital rates are declining in 38 states. We're down to 66 million, still unacceptably high number of unvaccinated people from almost. Okay, so that's an interesting point right there. Maybe I can just like, uh, maybe I can just leave him that small, right? Maybe you could just leave him that small. That, that'll probably work. Um, okay, so 66 million people are unvaccinated according to him. Okay, 66 million people. That's all that's left apparently. Do you guys believe that number? I don't believe that number. I don't think that they need to do everything that they're trying to do in order to get a mere 66 million people. Interesting, huh? I think I'm going to leave them that small. Let's do that. It'll keep me, uh, yeah. Most 100 million in July. That's important. It's important progress. But it's not, now's not the time to let up. We have a lot more to do. We're in a very critical period as we work to turn the corner on COVID-19. First, we have to do more to vaccinate the 66 million unvaccinated people in America. It's essential. Vaccine requirements that we started rolling out in the summer are working. They're working. The Labor Department. Okay, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying, guys. I get what you're saying. I see what you're saying there, guys, in the chat. I see what you're saying. Just so you know, this is uh, this this um, video has not been altered or modified in any way at all, ladies and gentlemen. It has not. Uh, Two River says, vocals sound different, fast-paced. Did you speed up his speech at Mr. C? Now, if we were to expand this video to its, uh, you know, uh, screen size proportionate, his his neck looks a little blurry to me and uh, his mouth looks a little i don't know cropped in i don't know i'm not saying it is or it isn't but uh it looks weird it looks very would you want to guys see it on big screen well well so you can see what i'm talking about i was going to soon be issuing an emergency rule for companies with 100 or more employees to implement vaccination requirements and they're among their workforce. Every day, we see more businesses implementing vaccination requirements, and the mounting data shows that they work. Businesses and organizations that are implementing requirements are seeing their vaccination rates rise by an average of 20% or more to well over 90%, the number of employees vaccinated. Let's be clear, vaccination requirements should not be another issue that divides us. That's why we continue to battle the misinformation that's out there. So all of this part actually, I thought was a pretty good point. Um, he's talking about uh, how successful, how successful his mandates are. Okay. Now he's not talking about how successful the COVID vaccine is, COVID-19 vaccine. He's not talking about how successful their efforts have been at shrinking the numbers. He's talking about how successful 
his little publicity stunts have been where he gets up here in a fake White House in a soundstage and says something. He's bragging about the success rates and percentages that businesses act on whenever he gets in his little soundstage and goes on TV and says something. That's exactly what he's talking about. Not he's like this is successful, and then he's like that's why it should it these should not inoculations forced vaccines should not be an issue that divides. Just knock out everyone that does not believe in it. Like uh, it's a very interesting way to observe how they take um, tones, words, gestures, mannerisms, uh, entire delivery systems you know, like we humans are able to uh, deliver our speech and stuff. And they put it in a way that is so non-aggressive and non-threatening. But if you listen to what he's exactly saying, it could be pretty threatening indeed to um, our freedom for one and for mostly. And uh, yes, Tim Grawl, I noticed that. 66 million, 66, 66. He's, I'm surprised he didn't say six more million. I'm surprised he didn't get that third six in there. Anyways. Vaccination rates rise by an average of 20% or more to well over 90% the number of employees vaccinated. Let's be clear. Vaccination requirements should not be another issue that divides us. That's why we continue to battle the misinformation that's out there. And companies and communities are setting up their uh, stepping up as well to combat these the misinformation. Southwest Airlines, at the head of the pilot, the head of the pilots union and its CEO, dismissed critics who claim vaccination mandates contributed to flight disruptions. School board. You guys get what he's saying here, right? He's saying we have to fight misinformation about how vaccines are negatively affecting our society, our economy, etc. His first example is. Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines combated misinformation about how vaccine mandates contributed to pilot shortages. Do you see that bold-faced lie, guys? Like, oh, we gotta point this out. We point this out plenty of times, I'm sure. We've pointed this out so much that this game is old and it's fatigued, and we usually keep this game back in the uh, woodshed, right? It's like... Uh, Pick apart, pick apart what the bad guys are saying. Eh, we did that 10 or 20 years ago. There's no point in doing it again. Well, but you know, right now, that is the most, that is, in my opinion, okay, in my opinion, this is, uh, this is the next arena, ladies and gentlemen. We've, uh, we've proven the rhinos, we've proven the dinos, we've proven the communists, you know, uh, uh, we've, we've shown the fraud, we've shown the theft, we've shown the malice and treason, okay? We've seen it in the media, but the media, the media is still there running its mouth and doing its thing. It hasn't gotten smacked yet, okay? <laughs> the media has not gotten smacked. And I don't know, I just think that's why it's... Uh, we because they are running complicit with these lies and threats like this is a lie and this is a threat i i view this as a direct threat okay especially when you see what he's got coming all right direct threat and this is a bold 
bold-faced lie. What he just said was a bold-faced lie. Media's complicit. Think about uh, Dr. Shiva today and his uh, his open forum. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to it. But with Dr. Shiva and his open forum, let's not forget we talked about how he did a report on how the media has been complicit with running with these left-leaning communist progressive ideas about uh, destroying our elections, about the election uh, fraud, the election theft, right? And how they run nonprofit organizations as proxy, um, as proxy uh, um, um, journal journalists and newspapers. So they're complicit, and something has got to happen with these people who keep on allowing these lies and keep on allowing these people, these treasonous, these traitors, knowingly knowing that they have committed this treason and they have um, they have told these falsehoods. Knowingly knowing, okay, they have done it. That is, um, that's the next arena for me anyways. Uh, let's finish up with this loser. Board members, Board members religious, religious leaders, leaders and doctors, doctors across the country, across the country are fighting misinformation, misinformation and educating, and educating people, about people about the importance of vaccines. Of vaccines. All these All efforts, these are, efforts going are going to help us continue moving, moving the, dial the dial to eliminate, to eliminate this disease. Second, Second we're, going to we're going to continue protecting, protecting the vaccinated. This work, this work, this week, this week, the Drug, the drug Administration and the FDA, and the FDA is, reviewing is reviewing data on Moderna, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, and Johnson, Johnson boosters. boosters. We expect, we expect the, final the final decision from the FDA and the Centers, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, in the next in the couple of weeks. If they authorize the, the boosters, which will be, be strictly made, made based on based the science, science decision decision based on the science, science. this will mean, this will mean all, three all three vaccines, vaccines will, be will be available for boosters. boosters. Already, Already, more than one out of one three, three eligible seniors have gotten a shot, the booster. And we're going to continue to provide that additional protection to seniors and others as we, uh, as we head into the holidays. These boosters are free. Say it again, they're free, available, and convenient to get. Third point I'd like to make, we need to continue to keep our schools and our students safe. 96% of school districts are fully open with children back in the classroom and for in-person learning. We have been able to do this because we provided our schools the resources they need to protect children and the educators as well as the staff that works in the schools. We've been encouraging schools to implement important health measures like masking, testing, and getting everyone vaccinated who is eligible to be vaccinated. Now, I know parents uh, out there are anxiously waiting for a vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. The good news is the FDA and outside experts from the CDC are set to make its determination as to whether the vaccine will be authorized for that age range in the next few weeks. If authorized, we are ready. We have purchased enough vaccines for all children between the ages of 5 and 11 in the United States. And we'll be, it'll be convenient for parents to get their children vaccinated at trusted locations. And families will be able to sleep easier at night knowing their kids are protected as well. Let me close with this. The plan I laid out in September is working. We're headed in the right direction. We have critical work to do, but we can't let up now.
My team and I are doing everything we can, but I'm calling on more businesses to step up. I'm calling on more parents to get their children vaccinated when they are eligible. And I'm asking everyone, everyone who hasn't gotten vaccinated, please get vaccinated. That's how we put this pandemic behind us and accelerate our economic recovery. We can do this. I've said many times, God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you very much. I said, God bless you all and thank God bless you. Couldn't even finish the last few words. Thank God it's over. But yeah, I mean, uh, the kids, guys, the kids, like, these people are cruel. These people know what those vaccines do. These people know that they have uh, reactions. These people know that they don't know what those reactions could be. And yet here they're trying to push vaccines for 5 to 11 FDA approved. And they know, they know, they know damn well that uh, they could be endangering the lives of these children. And then uh, finally, that comment he made that, uh, please get a vac, please get a vaccine, please get vaccinated, please, the only way to uh, secure our economic recovery is for everyone to be vaccinated. I'm thinking, what? What is this plan of yours if your vaccine kills everyone? If you need that many people vaccinated, you need 80, 90, 100% of the population vaccinated, so what? You could turn your kill, kill switch on? Kind of what comes to mind. I mean, it's like uh, you, you take something like uh, Jasara Nasara, where they say, you know, you uh, forgive the debt from everyone and vanish the money. Well, it's like the deep state wants to do the exact opposite. They want to vanish the people. They're like, our uh, debt, our currency is doing so bad. Uh, we need to uh, we need to vanish the people. <laughs> so this way they don't make it any worse. And then uh, there's nothing but money for the few of us who are left alive. Hooray, hurrah. We've uh, done an economic uh, recovery for the important people, the, uh, the rich plutocrats and uh, transhumanists that wants to rule this world. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get hiding, lying, crying, peeping, pedo Biden off of the screen. There is none other than our friend, Dr. Chiba. <laughs> Dr. Chiba, how are you doing tonight, sir? I hope you're doing well. You had an excellent, excellent, most excellent uh Open forum today, Dr. Shiva, over there in Maricopa County. Now, like I said, Dr. Shiva was holding his Maricopa County open forum this afternoon. Uh, it was open to call-ins. He had a bit of a presentation. He had Liz Harris. He had uh, Tim Canova on. And, um, you know, he took phone calls. I'm hoping he'll do a second round <clears throat> of uh, open forums. The entire point, of course, was to have um, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to call in and be like, hey, Dr. Sheba, let's talk a little bit about those discrepancies. What you got going on, buddy? Of course, that did not happen. You know that those, uh, you know that those Maricopa County POS, BOSs would not call in or show up. In fact, I'm surprised nobody asked him about his appearance at the uh, 
House Committee on Oversight and Reform that uh, they booted him off at the last minute. You know why? It's because no one knew about that. No one knew about it. No one was paying attention. Otherwise, they would have asked him, dude, what happened? And uh, did Doug even get invited? Did they even invite Doug? What is up, dude? Unfortunately, 2,500 to 5,000 calls later, once, uh, once President Trump's name was brought into the forum, the calls went wild off the hook because of President Trump. Either that or suddenly everyone remembered Anyways, he reviewed uh, he reviewed some of the findings of the Maricopa County 2020 presidential election audit. Uh, but uh, more interesting, at least in my opinion, anyways, he um, interviewed a couple of people. He gave his experience of voter fraud and also shared the experience uh, by interviewing one Tim Canova. Now, Tim Canova was running for office, uh, and Tim Canova is a Democrat, by the way. Uh, but Tim Canova was running for office against Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Florida. And uh, he suffered uh, some election fraud at the hands of the Democrat Party in Florida because they wanted to get nasty. Nasty Debbie Wasserman Schultz. You get that girl away from me. You know, she is carrying the plague between her legs. But um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I quite found it to be a riveting uh, interview. So we're going to take a listen to that right now. Dr. Shiva with Tim Canova talking about uh, much the same type of election fraud and debacle going on in Florida between Democrats. And then, of course, Dr. Shiva also shares his experience in Massachusetts amongst the Republican Party with the same type of encounter. Kind of makes you wonder whose playbook are these people following and uh, why they ain't smart enough to diversify. Yeah, good question, right? Here we go. All of his phone records where he tried multiple times and we've submitted this, uh, you know, it's a public information now it's out there. But the point is that we have not had that time and we have not made, we have not set aside a lot of time to do that because frankly, of all the pushback we've gotten. Thank you. Let me bring in, um, so I wanna introduce someone. At the, at the beginning of this call, I mentioned uh, that, oops, uh, Phil, I'll add you back to the stream shortly, okay? I wanna bring in Tim Canova. Tim Canova is an esteemed professor of law um, if, if Tim will introduce himself, but Tim ran for uh, Congress against Debbie Wasserman Schultz in 2016. One of the things we want to point out is this is not, you know, we want, we don't want to assert Democrats do this to Republicans and Republicans do this to Democrats. And, um, and I'll, I want Tim to speak and I'll speak about my own race here where it was the Massachusetts GOP Republicans who frankly, you know, committed fraud on our own election by all obvious indications to anyone saw what happened. The Massachusetts GOP led by a guy called Jim Lyons. And we'll play a video by one of their new governor guys who's running who denies the election was stolen. It's quite extraordinary. This guy, he's known as Dirty Deal here, but he denies that the election was stolen from Trump. And he, and he, and he told uh, Donald Trump that he should just, uh, you know, this is uh, spilt milk, right? Move along. OK, so it's Republicans do it to Republicans. Democrats do it to Democrats. 
Republicans do it to Democrats, Democrats do it to Republicans. So I want to engage in a conversation to expand the universe of what's going on by Tim Canova joining us. And then we'll bring Phil back in. Phil did some of the analysis for Tim's election. Um, Tim, do you want to uh, give a t- uh, just give a background on you and what happened to you? And I actually have the video queued up from that election auditor. We're going to hear actually hear about how you have an election official stating that the ballots were destroyed and nothing has happened to her. Go ahead, Tim. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you're doing. Uh, I ran uh, in 2016 in a Democratic primary against uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who at the time was the chair of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, I was a, I am a law professor. Uh, it's what I've been doing for the past two decades. Um, not a professional politician, uh, but we ran a very spirited campaign, uh, which went viral pretty quickly. Uh, thanks in large part um, to uh, my opponent making herself so unpopular among the grassroots of the Democratic Party uh, for trying to tip the scales for Hillary Clinton against Bernie Sanders in the presidential primary. Uh, We raised almost $4 million from over 200,000 individual contributions online, uh, which was a record for small donations online for a federal campaign at that time. And we uh, spent the money right here in the district. Um, we had four field offices, uh, had a, a, about 200 people between paid staff and volunteers knocking on doors every day uh, for an August 30th, 2016 primary. Uh, so right through the heat and humidity of the summer, we were knocking on about 12,000 doors a week and calling about 3,000 voters a week. Um, I believe it was uh, the largest um, grassroots campaign for Congress at the time uh, in 2016. And uh, there were very limited polls uh, that were being done. Uh, there was a, an establishment poll uh, that had Wasserman Schultz ahead by um, more than 10 points. Uh, a couple of weeks later, we had our own poll that showed us closing into single digits uh, with about uh, 20% of the electorate undecided and uh, a lot not knowing who I was. But that started changing in the summer, and um, as the election day got closer, as the early voting got closer, uh, our internal numbers showed it tipping in our favor uh, pretty dramatically. Uh, and a number of things started to uh, raise concerns in the days before the election. Um, we came under a denial of service attacks, repeated denial of service attacks. Uh, the FBI was completely unconcerned. We called them a number of times, our lawyers called them a number of times. Uh, And then the day before the election, the local NBC uh, affiliate had up on their website a preview of the next day's elections. And, um, you know, none of the votes had been counted yet. And in all the races, whether it's sheriff or county commissioner, uh, the races were, you know, zero, zero with zero percent of the precincts reporting. But for our race, they had Wasserman Schultz ahead by about 14 percentage points with 69 percent of the precincts reporting. Uh, which seemed rather strange. We called them up and uh, they took that down, but never gave an explanation. Uh, The next day when the polls closed, um, uh, Wasserman Schultz was declared the winner almost immediately by almost the same exact uh, spread that NBC had uh, been reporting the day before. So things seemed very fishy. And and again, what was most um, important in my mind was that our, our internal field numbers 
uh, weren't based on 600 calls to likely voters by some polling agency that you know had conflicts of interest. These were 12,000 engagements a day uh, on door knocking in the district, and it had us way ahead of her at the end. So I, I never conceded defeat, and instead I, I asked to see the paper ballots. Uh, we put in, there was an official audit, and the, the, the official audit is really a joke. Um, uh, about a week after the election, they choose one precinct in, in Broward County. It was not even in our district. It was a different congressional district. And they just make sure that uh, the votes match up. Uh, they put them through the same machine with the same software. Um, so it's a very meaningless audit. Uh, we asked to see first um, the digital scanned images. And Brenda Snipes, who was then the supervisor of elections of Broward County, uh, said to me personally on the telephone that they had no digital scanned images, which seemed very strange to my election lawyer and to me. Uh, mainly because it takes nothing to take digital scanned images. It's like you press one toggle switch uh, at the central location and uh, you've got your digital scanned images. Here in Florida, people vote on paper ballots that are scanned. They're put through a scanning machine. Um, I should also back up and say another... Hey, 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 hey Tim. Yeah. Yes. Tim, I want to keep it sort of, uh, you know, sort of the key points here. So yeah. we have about 3,700 people on here. I want to keep them focused. The bottom sure, sure. line is you ran for Senate. You had a phenomenal no, no. Congress. Congress. You had a phenomenal campaign against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a Democrat. You were a Democrat, right? Just to yeah. let everyone know. I was know at that. the time a Democrat, yes. You were at the time a Democrat. You, you, you asked for the ballot images, right, which are the scans. And then you, you got court authority to do an audit, if I'm right. Right. An well, audit. Not exactly. Uh, they, they told us there were no scanned images. We asked to see the paper ballots. This went back and forth for more than six months. And I finally filed a lawsuit under Florida's public records law uh, to inspect the ballots. Uh, paper ballots, uh, all election materials are considered public records. Um, we were three months into the lawsuit uh, with lawyers filing motions back and forth. Three days after we filed our discovery request, um, Brenda Snipes, the supervisor of elections, ordered the destruction of all the paper ballots and then did not even inform us or the court for another two months. Um, we confirmed this in sworn videotaped depositions of Snipes, where she admitted to destroying the ballots. So and I have that. I have that videotape, Tim. Tim, I think yes. I have that videotape queued up. So the bottom okay. line is that you were trying to get the ballots in the middle of after you were given access to the ballots. She destroyed the ballots. Right. Isn't that what happened? That is exactly what happened. The court ruled that that's what happened. They granted right. a summary judgment, which meant nothing except attorney's fees at that point because the ballots were gone. Right. Um, the, the judge's uh, order was a 10-page order, which listed all of the statutes that Snipes had violated, uh, including criminal violations of federal and state law. Let me, let me, play, that video. Let me play that video, Tim, because I think people seeing the video. So bottom line is Tim Canova got the right to audit the ballots, they had the ballots in the middle of that acquisition. The was was, was she was Snipes the state election director, Tim? No, she was the county uh, election supervisor, and she destroyed the ballot. So I have this queued up, Tim. I found the video. So this okay. is online. So here is a county supervisor, I think, in deposition, admitting that she destroyed the ballots, and her reason is quite extraordinary. So let me bring it up here. Yeah. Um, okay. The reason is quite extraordinary. Um, 
So here it is. Let me play the video here. Here we go. Circuit Judge Rog Singal has ruled that the Broward County Supervisor of Elections, Brenda Snipes, violated state and federal laws by destroying ballots she was still legally required to retain from a 2016 congressional race. As it relates to this situation, I think the problem is that we had um, Congressional candidate Tim Canova had sought to look at the paper ballots in his race following his loss to Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the Democratic primary. Canova took Brenda Snipes to court in June 2017 when her office didn't fulfill his request. Snipes approved the destruction of the ballots in September, signing a certification that said no court cases involving the ballots were pending. Why did you sign a document allowing for the destruction of Mr. Canova's ballots? When I sign, I sign folders filled with information. So I was given a document by Mr. Spencer. That's his responsibility. And that's how I happen to have signed the document. And you knew that those ballots were the ballots, that those records were the public records. I did not review every line on that document. There were a lot of things listed. I trust my staff. They have the responsibility of getting the information as correct. So it's quite extraordinary. Oh, uh, 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 I cannot stand these people. Did you hear what she said? I, I was given a list of all the documents that would be destroyed and my staff took care of it and I depend on my staff to give me correct information. In other words, I don't take any responsibility for what my staff does. I don't take any responsibility. If my staff messes up, I don't take any responsibility as the boss of my staff for when they screw up. Oh my goodness. I cannot stand these people. I cannot stand it. That reminds me of Brad Raffensperger right there, 1,000%. What are they, one state up from uh, one state up from Florida, Raffensperger? Does everyone over there in the southeast corner of America think like that? Like, do they all abscond of their own uh, responsibilities and accountabilities? I ask you very much. Thank you. So let me bring back in uh, uh, Tim, um, Phil here. So... What's extraordinary here is, Tim, is this is a county supervisor election official who signed orders to destroy your ballots, right? In the well, middle. I'd say they were not my ballots. They were the ballots of all of the voters in Broward County. Every, yeah. single, every single ballot was destroyed. They were supposed to be held for 22 months, and I think they weren't even held for a year. Uh, those are felonies under state and federal law, punishable by up to five years in prison for every count. And instead of there being any prosecution of Snipes uh, by Republicans, uh, Rick Scott was the governor, a Republican governor at the time. Uh, instead, uh, Snipes was allowed to retire and uh, is receiving $130,000 a year pension. And I should say it wasn't just state prosecutors that failed. We spoke to the acting U.S. attorney, Benjamin Greenberg. My lawyers met with him for more than 90 minutes. This is a prosecution that a second-year law student could win easily. Uh, you've got a sworn videotaped confession of the wrongdoing. 
And Greenberg was um, seen motivated to bring a prosecution, and we were hoping a prosecution would uh, lead to Snipes' cooperation, and we'd find out who else was involved, where this all came from. And Greenberg went to Washington, D.C. for a week of meetings at the Justice Department uh, with uh, Deputy Attorney General uh, Rod Rosenstein, the one who had appointed Robert Mueller um, to investigate uh, those collusion charges. And he came back and said they didn't have um, the uh, resources to prosecute this case. They usually do securities litigation. I'm telling you, this is destruction of evidence. Uh, uh, again, any second year law student would win this uh, in half an hour, I would think. Uh, so there was no prosecution. Uh, those were Republicans covering for Democrats. Great. All right, Tim, thank you. I think, I think, the, I think the reason we want to bring Tim in in the uh, because part of what we're trying to do, Tim, as we talked about last night, is we want to engage people to raise their consciousness. This is really about a systems, and this is re really talking about election uh, integrity, the, the, the systems integrity. And they've created enough processes here that people can get away touching parts of this system. And it looks like from your case, there's no enforcement. Here's a person who destroyed ballots. And nothing has happened to her. That was five years, right, Tim? Nothing has happened to this person? That's right. And Dr. Yeah. Shiva, I should say that my attorney, uh, who is very well uh, connected Republican, I, I couldn't find an election lawyer who was a Democrat since I was running against the head of the DNC. Uh, Debbie Watson Schultz, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my lawyer got back to me. I had asked him why Republicans from Broward to Tallahassee were not interested in bringing the boom down on this kind of Democratic Party corruption. And he got back to me after a couple of weeks and he said, I could expect no help from the Republicans. And it was because they had the same friends as Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the same yeah. financial backers, the same political consultants, the same lobbyists. Uh, so this is uh, not a Republican versus a Democrat issue. This is insider versus outsider. And by having rigged elections like this, um, we end up with representatives that don't re represent us. Uh, they're representing um, all kinds of interests. In, 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 in uh, my race, Wasserman Schultz represents huge corporate interests who flooded her coffers with millions of dollars. I didn't take a penny of corporate money. Great. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Phil, do you want to say anything? You're, 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 you're muted, Phil. I want to go back to... Go ahead, Phil. Uh, hey, Tim, how are you? Very good. It's nice to see you, Phil, after all these years. I've spoke on the phone once and and uh, I know you've done a lot of work on my campaigns um, yeah. analyzing the statistical results absolutely okay so there you go that was pretty interesting that was a pretty interesting story you guys don't you think coming to us from uh, 2016 right Debbie Wasserman Schultz her campaign that uh oh i cannot stand debbie wasserman schultz of course as you guys know she was also there during the uh house committee on uh oversight and reform hearing on the uh shamdemic and how it threatened democracy yeah debbie wasserman schultz making a guest appearance alongside with uh other pieces of filth like uh what is that that talib that talib person that talib no, 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 no. Most terrible stuff, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in and not tuning out. I uh, just thought that was an interesting story to share from the open forum that uh, 
young Dr. Shiva put on for a lot of us to uh, see today. Thank you again, everyone, for hanging out with us tonight here at the Sea Report. Thank you very much, Victoria, for gifting the shades. Thank you, Sean Joe, for gifting the cookie. Glad you guys are uh, hanging out tonight and enjoying yourself. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of thoughts in the chat room. It looks like. Well, let me see what you guys got going on before we move on. Well, we're not quite done with Dr. Shiva yet. Not quite, indeed. We got one more uh, piece of the pie to kind of go over with uh, Dr. Shiva. I think is rather interesting. Uh, it's been mentioned before, but I do believe it is quite interesting. Uh, I heard part of Shiva's show sounded good. Ah, yes. I, I just saw, I heard part of Shiva's show sounded good milkshakes. And I was like, did he have milkshakes? I, <laughs> I must have missed that. Thank you for the cookie, Shanjo. That was uh, Miss Zena. Good evening, Zena. How you doing? Sergeant Peterson, just tell us who really won Arizona. Why won't they say it? Well, because things just are not that simple. Sergeant Peterson. But good question. We that's the question we're all uh, we all got on our mind. We already know who won. Everyone knows who won. Actually, that's the reason why they can't say it, Mr. Peterson, is because everyone knows who won. And uh, I don't know. There seems to be like this delicate split in the foliage right now that uh, leaves people wide open to some sort of strange political attack if they say Biden lost and Trump won. Should that stop them? No. Should that make them a feared? No, it shouldn't. But unfortunately, it does, and they are. So we'll see what's up with that in the not-too-distant future, hopefully. Yes, guys, and so I do know who Brandon is, but I still have not figured out who Doug is. I see Doug is populating the chat room quite a bit. If there are any handy-dandy Doug links that anyone could throw in the chat room that I can go peruse at my leisure, please throw them in there so I can learn who this infamous Doug of the woodshed is. <laughs> Doug of the woodshed, apparently. I had this interesting story to share. I remember when we were talking about Sagosh County, Colorado, and uh, how they missed, uh, narrowly missed the tyranny train over there at Sagosh County, Colorado. There's a very, there's another very interesting story out of Sagosh County, Colorado. Had to do with a, a cult leader, a cult leader that they found mummified, obviously dead within, uh, within the cult house. Anyhow, uh, looking into some articles about that story. This cult leader was very big on colloidal, colloidal silver, but me thinks she probably drank more than she should have. Her skin was a very, very interesting shade of cadet blue. Cold cornflower cadet blue. Just uh, interesting shade her skin was. Very interesting shade. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like colloidal silver. I own it. I use it. But yeah, I mean, I heard it can turn you silver blue. Blue can turn your skin blue if you take too much. Don't take too much colloidal silver, ladies and gentlemen. Or if you do, make sure it is the absolute best kind and not the kind that turns you blue. 
Good evening, blonde blue lady Q. Good to see you. Good to see Sergeant Sparky. What's going on? Good evening. Glad to have you all with us. Yes. Uh, you know, the Broward, I think it's Broward County. Isn't Broward County the uh, Florida County that has Sheriff Grady? I enjoy watching his, uh, his uh, police press conferences, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he is corrupt. Not too sure on that myself. Tune the Pink says, uh, find Doug and give him a job to run your show, Mr. C. Thank you for the can, Tune the Pink. And that, you know, I need to know who Doug is before I hire Doug. We can't just be hiring people we don't know. It seems like you guys know who Doug is. That means I could take an extra night off or what? <laughs> we get Doug on the show. Arrest her. She should have been arrested immediately after that interview. Yeah, no kidding, Two Rivers, talking about that... Uh, Talking about that election official over there in Florida who destroyed all the ballots, got off easy. The moral of that story, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Republican Party helped her get off. And I don't mean in a uh, carnal way, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, quite frankly, they helped her get off of getting charged. The Republican Party assisted a Democrat operative so that she would not face any type of jail time. It's been five years, right down to the day, and now the election integrity is back, and there's hell to pay, ladies and gentlemen. Five years, there's no statute of limitations on election fraud, on stealing an election, on committing treason against your countrymen. There's no such thing as statute of limitations. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as statutes of limitations. So we should get it on. Thank you for the can, Tune the Pink. Appreciate you. Shanjo gifting that cookie. Blonde Blue says, Shiva is not a Trump fan. Indeed, this is true. Did not vote for the man. Would not have the man be his president. But it's all good. That's what we need. We need, uh, you know, people who have uh, different opinions and backgrounds. On all of these matters, yet still have that patriotic heart, that uh, constitutionally sound mind. Good evening, Aurelius Locke. How are you? Good to see y'all. Tam Garal says, uh, oh, okay, Shanjo says uh, Sheriff Grady is a Brevard County. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. And uh, Tam Garal says, Doug is Shiva's assistant. Shiva orders him around. Okay, so is there a video where I can go see this Doug getting ordered around? <laughs> You're not talking about this guy here, right? You're not talking about the Caucasian. Hey, hey, You're not talking about the Caucasian without the tie, right? He's the only man here who does not have a tie. He let it be known for the record. Let the let the record show that Doug, Dr. Shiva's assistant, is the only one without a tie on the screen at the moment. <laughs> What up, Doug? <laughs> is this Doug? That's Doug right there. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. He should get, he, yeah. DeSantis should arrest that woman. She's just like, well, I trust my worker. She's like, I trust the help to make sure that everything is right. I ain't going to take responsibility. What is this lady thinking? What is this lady thinking? She trusts the help. 
for crying out loud, ladies and gentlemen. And then she doesn't even, it's not her fault, not her fault, her help destroyed all of the ballots. Ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen, ridiculous. All right, what do we got up here for you now, guys? We're gonna touch on this um, Dr. Shiva topic one more time. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Get to dancing one more time with Dr. Shiva. Oh, yeah. All right. One more time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Music's got me feeling tonight, y'all, ladies and gentlemen. We got Dr. Shiva. Okay, so uh, I wanted to share this with you guys about Dr. Shiva. Now, in addition to having this open forum, uh, uh, Dr. Shiva also released a report. We touched on it for a little bit uh, sometime last week. And uh, in this report, basically what Dr. Shiva does is he, um, he attacks, he uh, demystifies the entire narrative around the left-leaning media in Arizona, Maricopa County, Phoenix, specifically the locales, right? And, and what he does is he does a case study that basically shows, explains, teaches, learns everyone on some of the mechanisms that the left use in order to push their own narrative forward, in order to push, you know, it's it's a psychological thing, you know, to, to, to push favor in their own public um, perception, you know, of whatever it is that they're trying to do, of whatever they're trying to steal or whatever they're trying to convolute or whatever they're trying to trick people into. Media has to have a way to do it. Now, this to me is kind of the microcosm of the macrocosm. Of course, the macrocosm would be like, you know, the major media outlets, uh, Communist News Network, MSDNC, Faux News, the majors, right? That's your macrocosm. We already know that uh, those, uh, those agencies specifically are going to be bought out and paid for, or they're going to be heavily, heavily, heavily um, patroned for advertisers with uh, huge corporations, pharmaceutical companies, uh, all the things that otherwise go bump in the night and make us fear for our sovereignty and our freedom. So we already know that the major mainstream networks and news outlets are going to be compromised in that way. But now when we're talking about the microcosm, when we're talking about the community newspaper, the local level news reporters, the uh, eye in the sky, neighborhood and city uh, um, reporters and watchers, those kinds of people. That's your, mac your microcosm, right? Well, because of all of the pushback, because of all of the spin that was given to the world about the Maricopa County 2020 presidential forensic audit, it provoked Dr. Shiva to do a case study on what the heck is really going on here. We talked about this again, like I said, about a week and a half ago. And um, so now we have this case study. We're not going to go through all of it after all, ladies and gentlemen. This is a 67-page read. Not a huge read indeed, but still very informa uh, informing. The uh, title of this being How Election Officials Use Media Proxies to disseminate misinformation and disinformation to avert investigations of election malfeasance. 
a case study of Maricopa County election officials effectively using a local blog purporting independent journalism to malign an author who reported anomalies in the 2020 U.S. election. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A log purporting independent journalism. <laughs> I said journalism. It almost sounded like gerbilism, but journalism to malign an auditor who reported anomalies. So in this report, he really does he really does make it personal, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Shiva Ayudare definitely makes it personal. Um, and it, inter an interesting perspective, I think, because I wouldn't have thought to do that. But, uh, I, you know, someone like uh, Dr. Shiva probably needs to expect to uh, have several different lines lines of defense, you know, and lines of approach uh, to come on to uh, with these uh, issues, because you got these, uh, you got these, uh, these think tanks, you got these organizations, you got these people who've been doing this forever. They know what they're doing. It is a uh, um, agenda here, Arizona Mirror, that would be the uh, so-called independent journalist blog that is actually a proxy for the left. Arizona Mirror, independent journalism at its worst. Uh, also looking at open forum between Maricopa officials and Dr. Shiva. Now, proposed action steps is what that falls under. So as of today, Dr. Shiva has successfully performed his open forum between Maricopa officials and himself. That was part of the plan. He has executed it that way today. That's not to say that he can't do it again. He might do it again. He said he might uh, get a second round set up. I hope he does. And every time he does it, he's leaving that door wide open for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to walk in and take the bait. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. All of you liberal wallflowers out there. I didn't say that they're going to take the bait, but I did. No, just kidding. It's not a trap. It's not a trap. It's not a space station. Calm down. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at some of the things that Dr. Shiva had in this report. I thought were quite interesting. We'll start with the uh, personal attack that Dr. Shiva calls out if it's highlighted. If it's not highlighted, we won't worry about it, but there was definitely a personal attack. It took me a minute to understand and not to read Dr. Shiva as a woke snowflake SJW. You'll see what I mean when we get there, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Uh, it's under the header, the racist smear campaign by Maricopa County officials. Really, Shiva, what you gotta say about that? So Shiva says, the inability of Maricopa County election officials and their loyal scribe to keep in line a dark-skinned East Indian American who dares to use his hard-earned scientific and engineering training and intelligence is the source of this real racism. Their racist attack aimed to shame me back into their segregationist box of behavior that they deem unacceptable for a person of my background. For those Maricopa County election officials, it does not compute with why a highly educated, dark-skinned American and immigrant, a low-caste, untouchable from India's despicable caste system, a victim of racism his whole life, would ever perform an audit and report honest findings that may expose potential malfeasance of election officials who likely support 
liberal Democrats, the rightful and sole heirs of the fight against racism in America. I'm sure that that is sardonicism. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so uh, apparently because these people could not understand why a little coconut like Dr. Shiva would go and defend election integrity. They, uh, they were attacking him with, uh, with, with just blatant things like, uh, you just don't understand. You just don't understand, you funny little coconut Dr. Shiva. You, you just don't understand. That's just not the way it works. Well, he was not going to stand for answers like that, such dismissals. He went to MIT for crying out loud. You think he doesn't understand the way that uh, the way that a, a, a an election works? <sighs> Interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon me, but uh, further down here, he actually talks about this uh, whole uh, propaganda left organization posing as a journalist, posing as uh, an independent news organization. Uh, getting money from the Democrats and regressives and other types of uh, people with such agendas. I uh, thought we'd share that with you guys as well, because like I said, the media is getting away with this, guys. The media is running like crazy with such stories about, you know, the election and uh, the audit in Maricopa County. Zachary Blue, how do they do it? Well, I mean, we have to hold them to task as well. Here, it's uh, Arizona Mirror, independent journalism at its worst. Maricopa County election officials chose to unleash their misinformation and disinformation, not in any formal manner, such as responding to the anomalies and key findings, but rather effectively through a proxy, a, a, an unknown blog, which mis misrepresents itself as independent journalism. One or two Go Ogle searches reveals that this blog and 20 other of its sister blogs localized in various states are centrally operated from North Carolina by a 501c3 nonprofit, not for profit named States Newsroom, DBA, Arizona Mirror in Arizona. This operation is funded by Eric Kessler's billion dollar Arabella advisors through the Hopewell Fund. Mr. Kessler is not only Arabella's founder and managing director, but also a former Clinton administrative White House appointee and was a member of now defunct Clinton Global Initiative. Arabella is a for-profit consulting firm that directs monies, according to the New York Times, to funds that have donated more than $63 million to super PACs backing Democrats or opposing Republicans in 2020, including the pro-Biden groups Priorities, USA Action, and Unite the Country, and the scandal-plagued anti-Trump group We Play with Children Lincoln Project, according to Federal Election Commission filings. Most Americans are aware of Communist News Network and Faux News as being top-down, centrally controlled, corporate partisan media. However, many are unaware of a new breed of blogs which are local and decentralized that consciously misrepresent themselves as independent sources of grassroots information. The truth is that these platforms are also centrally managed designed to respond to any local news that threatens a specific partisan narrative. 
They have established a swarm of partnerships with other platforms and news sites that provide broad dissemination of this independent journalism to legitimize themselves as primary sources that end up as Wikipedia citations to fossilize that partisan narrative. Such an interesting report, guys, wouldn't you say? Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, some of these uh, entities, guys. We've talked about, you know, uh, not, not the Lincoln Project. We've talked about uh, Arabella. We've talked about uh, how they have monies that uh, go into nonprofits, and Arabella is a for-profit firm. Talked about that, guys, and now it's all out in the black and white with this report from Dr. Shiva. It uh, concludes this way, well, at least for our part of coverage. Eric Kessler's Arabella Advisors, billionaire Pierre Omidyar's Democracy Fund, and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg are the money behind such blogospheres of influence that unfortunately perpetuate left and right divisiveness. So the core systems, problems, and real solutions are rarely addressed. Ensuring election systems integrity is neither left nor right issue. It is an issue that affects all Americans. Very well said, Dr. Shiva, and great work on this. Uh, he goes on, I mean, it's like I said, 67 pages. We're only like at what, page 20 there. For those of you who are just joining us, no, we did not just read 20 pages of this report. But it is very interesting nonetheless. All right, just wanted to share that with you guys. So you can see uh, in his, in Dr. Shiva's own words through his own report, uh, a little bit of, um, you know, description into what all they're talking about when they say the left really just, you know, the left really just uh, dumps their money into all of these fake charities and nonprofits that funnel their money into getting their way, into lying to the American people. Indeed. Sorry, I was reading the uh, comments. Okay, what do we got next, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, yeah, we've been meaning to talk about these guys for a little bit. We've mentioned McAwful and little Mr. Yunkin Glunkin over there a few times. I gotta say, guys, I mean, I guess if we have to take Mr. Yunkin, we'll have to take him. I mean, the man's been endorsed by President Trump after all. I mean, it does not mean that we're not going to verify, right, those whom he trusts. Most definitely we need to verify, but uh, yeah, We've got the uh, gubernatorial race heating up in uh, Virginia. Probably, um, we'll see where that goes. We're in uh, we're in early voting season right now for the gubernatorial race in Virginia. Early voting season. Let me just get the correct information out here for you guys. So this way you are as well informed as you can be. The gubernatorial race the, uh, for Virginia to be held on November 2nd, 2021, right? We got McAwful, we've got Yunkin Glunkin. Yeah, early voting. Okay, early voting is already over. 
All right, right. It ended on, oh no, it's not. I take it back. Whoa, I just messed up the whole state of Virginia, right? Early voting ends on the 30th of this month. It indeed is a season, guys. It is the uh, Halloween season of early voting there at the state of Virginia. Sounds like fun. But uh, what do we got going on here? Like I said, we have uh, Glenn Youngkin and uh, Terry McAwful running for governor. A lot of mud and dirt being flung here and there. A lot of statements and endorsements. A lot of, uh, of complete and total endorsements for this one, including uh, President Trump endorsing Glenn Youngkin for governor, including uh, President Trump giving his complete and total endorsement. That's Terry McAwful. Uh, reminds him of Bill Clinton's bag man. <laughs> That's what he called him, not me. Uh, and of course, with the, um, the endorsement of Mr. Youngkin, that uh, that is basically where he dissed uh, Terry McAwful in such a way. Trump's endorsement of Youngkin, of course, came not until after he uh, became the Republican nominee for the v Virginia governor race. Uh, interesting fact about Mr. Youngkin, and I think it's been uh, mentioned before. Uh, this man is the former CEO of the Carlisle Group. Oh, doesn't look too good for you, Mr. Youngkin. Why do we always have to have these kinds of people in our race? Nevertheless, uh, Glenn Youngkin um, does have a tax plan that is pretty, uh, pretty good looking to some people. It's a tax plan that includes eliminating the state's 2.5% grocery tax and also temporarily suspend last year's tax increase on gasoline. Good stuff. His uh, tax plan also involves a one-time rebate of $600 for joint filers and $300 for individuals, as well as tax holidays for businesses, reducing taxes on veterans, retirement pay, and doubling the standard deduction that uh, rings well for Mr. Yunkin, it would seem, of course, with that whole $600 rebate thing, you know, you're just inviting the IRS to come pry, Mr. Yunkin. Why couldn't you make it 555 uh, Why couldn't you make it 595 Mr. Yunkin? That way the uh, IRS doesn't come snooping around, since that's what they like to do with uh, $600 nowadays, it seems. Now, citing the need for a check on runaway property taxes on a government that benefits from escalating inflation, Youngkin has also said that he plans to require local voters' approval before allowing any future property tax increases. That's got to be uh, very, very uh, helpful towards his campaign, I would imagine. Youngkin, again, a, he's a wealthy businessman, right? He spent 25 years in the private equity business after earning his uh, MBA at Harvard Business School. He touts himself as a political outsider as he complete, uh, competes with political insiders and longtime Clinton ally, Mr. Terry McAwful. Terry McAwful pictured there. Oh, wait. Oh, that's there's, there's Mr. Yunkin. Uh, guys, just so you know, Mr. Yunkin sounds like he looks okay like he talks the way he looks 
and he kind of looks like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming down on Mr. Yunkin, okay? This 25-year businessman who's probably, I don't know, pushing 50, who talks like he is going through adolescence and wants to be a real boy, okay? That's what he looks like. He talks like it too. It's annoying. Okay, but, uh, but he's the good guy here, guys. Don't forget that. This is the bad guy. Boom. One, Terry McAwful, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just saying the way he talks is annoying, okay? <laughs> now, Terry McAwful, Terry McAwful, McAwful, McAwful has been the governor of Virginia before, right? He has been. Now, during a rally to save our schools event that took place on September 8th in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin was on stage. Glenn Youngkin was a speaker, and he uh, had a few things to say about Terry McAwful, including that uh, Terry McAwful introduced critical race theory to Virginia's schools during his administration as Gubna in 2015, and also that uh, Terry McAwful called concerns about critical race theory a right-wing conspiracy. Indeed, that's not the only thing that Terry McAwful has said uh, that is not beyond reproach. He said so many things, this guy. But um, on June 30th, in front of the LCP's school administration building in Ashburn, Virginia, Yunkin promised to ban critical race theory if elected on day one of his administration. Not quite what we could say about McAwful, McAwful had some awful things to say about critical race theory and parents' roles. Um, the statement that comes to mind happened during the final gubernatorial debate between McAwful and Yunkin. Uh, let's take a look at a highlight. Oh, there they are. There's McAwful and Yunkin. And again, guys, McAwful, I mean, Yunkin talks like, yeah. Anyways, okay. Here is a highlight. We'll take a we'll take a look at a quick clip from uh, local Virginia news television, and uh, yeah, hold on. We are closely following the race for Virginia governor. Voting in the Commonwealth is already underway. Republican Glenn Youngkin and Democrat Terry McAuliffe faced off in their final debate last night. Our Matthew Torres is in the studio with us to take us through some of the big highlights. Hey, Matthew. Hey, and pretty much heated differences right there, Lorenzo. The hot topic right out of the gate was vaccine mandates. McAuliffe tried to portray Youngkin as anti-vaccine, while Youngkin said that is not the case. I, in fact, have asked everyone in Virginia to please get the vaccine. But I don't think we should mandate it. You can't be governor saying things like that. That is disqualifying. Next up, both candidates were asked if they support a right to an abortion being included in Virginia's constitution. Here's what they said. No, I do not. I would like to see Roe v. Wade enshrined in our constitution. Roe v. Wad. I'd like to see Roe v. Wad. And at one point, an unexpected interruption took center stage. Third-party candidate Princess Blanding started yelling from the audience. 
and told Blanding was angry she was not invited to participate. Lorenzo? Yeah, Matt, Matthew, I know rising crime has been a big talk about, a big topic rather, uh, during this pandemic. A lot of people talking about it, a lot of people concerned. Did that come up at all during this debate? Well, yeah, Youngkin did spend some time trying to promote his crime plan, saying it would be better than McAuliffe's when he was governor. But McAuliffe defended his record in Richmond. Very proud as governor. I worked in a bipartisan way to get the toughest domestic violence law in the United States of America. Invest in law enforcement. We'll protect qualified immunity. We'll invest in a broken mental health system. And this is a close race. McAuliffe has 50% of the vote to Yunkin's 47. Those latest numbers are from a Washington Postcard school poll. Lorenzo. All right, Matthew, thank you. And uh, we got a chance to talk with both candidates. Republican, again, Glenn Youngkin was live this morning on Get Up DC. We also spoke with Democrat and former Governor Terry McAuliffe. And Matthew touched on this a bit. The two have very different positions on the COVID-19 vaccines. Terry McAuliffe wants to mandate vaccines because he, want, he wants employers to fire people who have not gotten the vaccine. And here we are coming out of the pandemic. We actually are ranked 44th in the nation in job recovery. We're we're basically failing Virginians and getting our jobs back and getting people back to work. And Terry McAuliffe wants to fire people who are not getting the vaccine. I want our teachers vaccinated, nurses and doctors. He is spewing anti-vax rhetoric every day. He's telling people, if you don't want to take it, just don't take it. You know, we had 8,000 cases yesterday. Think of it, 10% of our population has been infected. We got to have serious leadership on this. You can see more of Annie and Allison's interview with Terry McAuliffe tomorrow morning on Get Up DC. You can also check out. It's okay, sir. We don't need to see any more of that. But uh, yeah, so you go, you see some of the uh, very, very funny clips there from that local news. You see some of what we're dealing with here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now here's the statement uh, from that final uh, debate. I think is worth note. I'm pretty sure that, uh, oh, that's what I was going to actually look up is when that, uh, uh, I believe that, I believe that news report ran about two weeks ago or so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let me see here. Ah, well, yeah, actually right on it about two weeks ago or so. Um, I'm pretty sure the polls have changed on that. I'm pretty sure uh, McAuliffe is not 51 to Youngkin's 47. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Yunkin is in the lead now, and it probably has something to do with this exchange of words that happened during their debate. Let's check it out. Our kids in schools, we are called to love everyone, to love everyone. And I agree with your conclusion, Terry, that we should let local school districts actually make these decisions, but we must ask them to include concepts of safety and privacy and respect in the discussion. And we must demand that they include parents in this dialogue. What we've seen over the course of the last 20 months is our school systems refusing to engage with parents. In fact, in Fairfax County this past week, we watched parents so upset because there was such explicit, sexually explicit material in the library they had never seen. It was shocking. And in fact, you vetoed the bill that would have informed parents that they were there. You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids' education. Mr. McAuliffe, 30 seconds. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write 
to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, Who's yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, not I get really tired of everybody running down teachers. I love, I love our teachers. And what they have done through COVID, these are real heroes that deserve our respect. All right. And you keep running Thank them down. You. Thank you, Mr. McCullough. Alberto, you have the next question, sir. Mr. Youngkin, uh, Virginia has extended protections to ensure that Virginia uh, renters. Yeah, yeah, you guys catch all that, right? McAwful does not believe that parents have the right for uh, to tell teachers and schools what to teach. Terrible stuff, guys. Terrible stuff. And, I mean, I don't know. Uh, just, it's just Youngkin... <sighs> He just reminds me of one of those guys that's just trying to look cute for his daddies. I mean, that's all he reminds me of. He's like, well, you vetoed it. Well, you vetoed it. You vetoed it. You vetoed it. I can agree with that, Mr. McAwful. Whoa, <laughs> come on, dude. Uh, we don't need you sitting there with your pretty little prepubescent boy hair that's parted to the side. You know, sounding cute for your, your rhino daddies, just freaking pull out the chain and let's get the fire started, okay? Like, clearly this man would have a far lower percentage rate on his, like, fake poll <laughs> if you just stop acting like you were 14 years old, okay? And trying to impress your daddy, all right? Stop it. Stop it, okay? <laughs> so anyways, this is our guy, though, guys. This is our guy. Um, but yeah, well, here's here's something to uh, to put a feather in the cap of one, Mr. Yunkin. Uh, that would be that um, he is actually calling for a, a forensic audit of election equipment. So that is good. Yes. So Mr. Yunkin does stand on the side of election integrity, will allow his constituents to uh, audit any election given, apparently. And that's good. Now, uh, Glenn Yunkin called for an audit of the state's voting machines just this past Monday. Oh wait, no, this was the Monday before. Um, saying that the process should be carried out as a means of transparency. Of course, his Democrat opponent, Mr. Governor, former Terry McAuffle, who um, has, uh, has worked to tie Youngkin's stance on voting and election integrity to President Trump's um, claims um, that, uh, the media keeps pushing the big lie and the media is pushing the big lie. So as we can see between Yunkin and McAuffle, uh, where each of them stand on that side of the line. Uh, but it does appear that Yunkin has distanced himself from president Trump over whether he believes the Democrats would cheat in a gubernatorial race saying he believes we're going to have a clean and fair election. Until you lose, Mr. Youngkin, it would seem. But uh, as the um, election day approaches, as things continue to heat up over in the state of Virginia, we have this sorry loser by the name of Governor Northam. Now, Governor Northam of the state of Virginia, uh, he is actually uh, being asked, he's being pressured by Virginia Democrats to waive absentee ballot witnesses for signature requirements. Oh, really? 
Democrats of Virginia want the Democrat, right? He's a Democrat, isn't he? Pretty sure he's a Democrat, Mr. Nortum here. They want him to waive the requirements for witnesses for absentee ballot signatures, the requirements. That sounds awfully fishy to me, if you ask me. The race between McAwful and Yunkin is close, so close. Uh, the Democrats who know they have a real chance of losing here, they want to use COVID as a vehicle, uh, COVID-19, as a vehicle to cheat just like they did in 2020. And uh, they want Governor Nortum, the guy that has his finger in his eye here on the screen, to go ahead and waive those requirements. This story is developing, ladies and gentlemen. We will let you know more about it as it comes forward. Finally for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, looks like you guys are going to get out of here at an early hour tonight. I hope you've enjoyed your stay here. At the Sea Report with your headmaster, Mr. C. All right. You guys know who the lovely lady on the screen is. It is the mother of Howard the Duck. Ah, just kidding. It's none other than Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary. You guys remember her. She's the one who has the... the <laughs> Need I remind you about Janet Yellen? I don't think I need to remind you about Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen. Well, Janet Yellen has this um, fetish, let's just say. And Janet Yellen's fetish, ladies and gentlemen, is to, uh, to spy on the income of Americans everywhere. Yeah, that's right. She's a voyeur. She's a peeping Tom. She wants to get into your bank account. She don't care who's in it. <laughs> Janet Yellen. Uh, we've talked about this story here, guys. You know, Tam Growl says Yellen is wearing Mickey. I could so see her in like a Mickey Mouse dress and a Mickey Mouse ears. Right? <laughs> Oh, you're right. No way. Is that really Mickey? Shut up, Tamgra. <laughs> I see the little ear. This woman is wearing Mickey Mouse before the Supreme Court. What is up with that? Come on, Yellen. Really? Really, Mickey Mouse? Really, Janet Yellen? You're that obviously twisted? <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible. Okay, so people are calling her a pelican now. I call her a duck because she looks like she she looks like a duck in this picture. Don't you think, guys? I think she looks like a duck. That has a lift. <laughs> I can't do it like I did it last time. Either way, uh, ever since there's been news about Miss Yellen and, uh, you know, the IRS wanting to poke their noses into the bank accounts of Americans everywhere who happen to have transactions in the dollar amount of 600 Federal Reserve notes or more. This is whether it's incoming or, or outgoing, whether it's ingressing or egressing. They want to know. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, not even of the IRS, but somehow still involved in speaking for the IRS. One has to wonder if they thought about that before they interviewed her, right? She says um, that the proposed 600, the proposed 600 
Uh, IRF reporting requirement for banks is absolutely not a way for the government to spy on Americans. That's what Janet says. Uh, let's, you guys want to hear the way she talks? Uh, <laughs> I promise you it's nothing like I make it seem. <laughs> it's still fun anyways. Here's Janet Yellen. of $600 or more. You want banks to report transactions of $600 or more. That's what the IRS wants. Does this mean that the government is trying to peek into our pocketbooks? If Absolutely. you want to look at $600 transactions. Absolutely not. I think this proposal has been seriously mischaracterized. Um, the proposal involves no reporting of individual transactions of any individual. Look, the big picture is that we have a tax gap that over the next decade is estimated at $7 trillion, namely a shortfall in the amount that IRS is collecting due to a failure of individuals to report the income that they've earned. But that's among billionaires. Is that among people who are transferring $600? No, it tends to be among high-income individuals whose income is opaque and the IRS doesn't receive information about it. If you earn a paycheck, you get a W-2, the IRS knows about it. But high-income individuals with opaque sources of income that are not reported to the IRS. There's a lot of tax fraud and cheating that's going on. What on earth do you think she means by high income individuals whose uh, finances are not opaque? Like $600, $600, $600, and they consider that to be high income? Or is it the uh, total accumulation of all of the $595 transactions that come into that person's bank account? I don't know what she's talking about. Some people call them drug dealers. And all that's involved in this proposal is a few aggregate numbers about bank accounts. The amount that was received in the course of a year, the amount that went out in the course of the year. If somebody reports an income of $10,000 and they had $3 million um, go out of their checking account, that tells the IRS that's, a, that's an individual you might audit. I mean, the White House says that American billionaires pay an average income tax rate of 8.2%. Yes, it's extremely low. That's lower than teachers, than cops, than a lot of people. It's unfair. And... It's something that we need to remedy. You want. Okay, Mrs. Yellen. Uh, clearly here, guys, um, as you can tell from, and isn't it, and isn't it funny how her voice kind of matches her body? Although she kind of looks like she's wearing, I don't know, Hillary Clinton's like, I don't know, neck down, but like her voice matches her face. Like anyways, she, they're, they're saying that they're losing a lot of income. They're losing a lot of income that they could be getting by having the IRS do these audits and run these scams against the American people. Think of all of the administrative fees that the IRS could be gaining if they were able to uh, crack down on people's personal banking. 
$600 or more. $600, guys, is nothing, okay? Uh, any, I mean, come on. The government gave out $600 every week to people who weren't working, and yet we're expected to believe that that is some kind of, like, uh, I don't know, dollar amount du jour that marks the significance of uh, people's uh, income, wealth, management, etc. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Janet Yellen. You are, no, you are ridiculous, Janet. I'm sorry. You're ridiculous. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap up this thought with uh, Janet Yellen uh, by way of showing you guys a few more swamp creatures. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up with some swamp creatures tonight. I'm probably going to put my two cents into it because I like to do that. And um, good goodness, guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> But don't worry, Nancy Pelosi says the controversial provision will remain in the Democrats' reconciliation bill despite a lot of public concerns. Mm -hmm. Remember, Judge, when they told us, no, the FBI is not going to be spying and oh, listening to people. Yes. And the next thing you know, they abuse every law, spy, and then leak. What? First of all, you know that uh, Judge Janine has fell to such low standards. They're like, not only do we need to get her a brand new makeup artist, but we also need to get her on the five. We need to give her a sense of humor because this woman just sucks the life out of everyone now. No one trusts her. Everyone knows her to be a liar. Listen to her words. She's such an actress. Look at her fake makeup. Like, oh God, she, look at her. She looks terrible. Okay, here. Was it who sat before Congress and said, no, the NSA doesn't spy on <laughs> yeah. us. And then he, his eyes looked Clapper. left. He said, not witting, James Clapper, yeah. not wittingly. Right. I hate it when people lie to me. I actually wrote a book called Don't Lie to Me. <laughs> okay. That's right, Judge Janine. Don't lie to me. Okay. I hate it when people lie to me. I actually wrote a book that's called Don't Lie to Me. Really, Judge Janine? I would like to see your closet full of shoes. Let's see how much of a payoff you got from phone news to do what you did. Hey, here's you the, the problem. lied to the American public. And then you scolded us. Ugh, Janine. Problem with, what's her name? Janet Yellen. She says, it involves no reporting of individual transactions. We are not spying, but... There's a shortfall, a tax gap, a failure of some to report income. There's a lot of tax fraud. So we're going to require banks to report every customer transaction over 600 She is lying to you. They are spying on you $600 or more. Now the bank is now an agent of the IRS. And that's the okay. point, Geraldo. You can't have the banks deputized by the feds yes. to snoop on American citizens. Well, we have that now. Let's Not remember. Shut up, Geraldo. <laughs> what the hell? Why is this guy on here? We've got Geraldo and Judge Janine. I, I hear you guys. Some of you guys like her. I used to like her. I used to like her, but let's face it. She's uh she's worse than Tucker Carlson. Ah! No, I think Tucker Carlson's a lot better than she is. I mean, come on. Come on. She's skull... She, the, the 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 plan was there okay guys the plan was there 
election day all the way through November, I mean, through January 20th, their plan was there. Turn on the American people. Try and take as many conservatives and Republicans with us and tear them away from truly understanding, getting, and backing what is going on here in the Republican Party, in the conservative party, in the Save America First party. Truly, 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 just a stopgap, just to totally divide the movement, totally divide the vote. That's what these people are there for. And Judge Janine is a part of that contraption. And that's why they started on election day when they gave the they gave the Virginia vote, they gave the Arizona vote to Biden right at what two percent of uh, counties actually uh, turning in their numbers. Really, Fox News, you saw it, I saw it. The the, the strawberry on top for me, which is usually a cherry, it was Judge Janine coming down on every MAGA, Trump, Save America First person, patriot, citizen, as if though they willingly and knowingly stormed a capital with the intent to maliciously end the electoral debate on the House floor that day. And that's not the case, but she gave us that lip service, ladies and gentlemen. And so I do not forgive her. Okay, maybe I'll forgive it, but I will not forget it because if I forget it, then it'll happen again and it'll be my fault. I don't like her and I don't like Geraldo, but that's not the point. For the no, but, but my, my point is the banks have been uh, empowered and required to report transactions of $10,000 yeah. or more. Why? Because of dope dealers, you know, all the cash business. So you, you get your cash, you stack your cash, you write a check, you're laundering the money, the banks can see that. But that's a lot different illicit. than $600. No, that's, that's a huge difference. And right. to, you know, you know, many people don't let their spouse look at their checkbook. That's right. And, and to have the, have the, uh, the, many uh, the IRS in the bank. <laughs> Not me. My, my wife controls all our finances. She does? Yeah. Oh, that's not a good idea, Geraldo. I will. Especially with your finances. <laughs> At my age, right? Dana, Yellen is not, she doesn't have great PR right now. They put her out there. They tried to make this thing look okay. And I don't think she did a very good well, job. Well, the other she thing is, is that it, they are going, I, I believe that they will drop this provision I do too. before they ever actually pass it. So they're taking on all of this water and negative press for a reason that... It, for no reason, really, in the end. And that makes we'll, her look however, really bad. However, you know who this is really affecting? Young people who use Venmo. Yeah. Right? So right. They're, they're, I didn't even think of like that. Babysitters yep. and things like that. They're getting, right. And all of a sudden, like, wait, well, you're going to, oh, oh, because it's income. If we were really serious about dealing with the issue of what Janet Yellen is saying is that people underpay, we would actually do a flat income tax or a national retail sales tax and end the, end the income tax altogether so that people... I think that would be a much more fair thing to do. It's just that it's hard for people to get that in their heads. And if anything's hard, you don't do it in Washington. Yeah, the Venmo thing. I didn't even think about that, Greg. Yeah. There are a lot of things you don't think about, Jesse. I know. <laughs> you can spend all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't think about the Venmo thing. Just think about the little people. <laughs> Doesn't think about how we make our living. But I do have to agree with the uh, blondie there.
yeah, just end the IRS. Uh, just get them out of here. Don't need it. It's unconstitutional. Shouldn't be there. It's uh, actually quite inhumane and uh, uh, exactly how they enforce their, oh, she said income tax, right? Or did I say IRS? Get rid of both of them. They came about at the same time anyways. They're both unconstitutional. They're both big purveyors of global debt slavery. Yeah, we don't need it. Don't, no, mm -mm, don't. I, mean, I think that should be a special stuff Jesse didn't think about. Oh, Fox Sunday, Nation. Sundays, yes, yes. But what's, you I mean, we got room. But, but when you think about the fact that the, the, the Soho Gallery got a half a million dollars in PPP yeah. Yeah. to show Hunter's paintings, right? You can fleet, that's taxpayer money that went yep. to that, that yep. gallery. But it's the taxpayers that are getting targeted and Hunter is not. That should make your blood boil. I love the fact that she didn't deny it. She said it's not happening. But then she goes, well, the reason we're tracking small. She gives you the reason. Um, it's a shortfall. Yeah. And I go, well, so the reason that you're, that's not a denial. You don't, yeah, we, I am robbing you because I'm broke. No, you're supposed to say I'm not robbing you. But she didn't, so she, so she, she admits it's a power, a power grab. And all of these people, Tyra said this like a couple of nights ago on the show. It is about the waitresses, the bartenders, the small businesses. That money's not going to go into the bank, babysitters. You're going to have to start. You're going to have. It's going to go yeah. right back into the mattress. One eight hundred mattress. Yeah. The new bank. That's right. <laughs> A coffee can buried in the backyard. That's what I do, Dana, with yeah. money and other it, things. You going to say that joins the basement. It's never been a better time to buy gold. Yes. All right. UCB. William Devane. And Greg <laughs> I want to front one of those. Coming up, Fred. Hey, Sean. Shut up, Sean Hannity. <laughs> we don't need to hear from you. Oh, very interesting, huh, guys? Very interesting. I just thought I'd play that. Thought it was a little, uh, you know, different. Ah, it's Geraldo again. Get him off the screen. Get Geraldo off the screen. Let's look at, uh, there's Janet Yellen again. <laughs> Here. There we go. There we go. Get a load of those uh, child chompers, right? Check out those child chompers on that woman. Look at that. Yeah. She's like, I eat children. I eat babies. <laughs> Janet Yellen eats babies. She drinks the blood. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. She's still on the screen. Too bad. Too bad. Man, guys. So I don't know. We'll find out. There, uh, There's a heavy debate between the six, $600 curfew they're putting on our bank accounts, ladies and gentlemen. Again. She says it has nothing to do with uh, spying or lying or stealing or cheating, but uh, we know better than that, ladies and gentlemen. We know better than that. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Sea Report. I hope you all had a great report along with me. I know I did. I hope you did. All right. Let's see what we got going on here before we head out for the evening. Get in my belly. Aurelius Locke, how's it going? Let me see what you cats are up to over at the foxhole.app and pill.net. Before we head out for the night, Tam Grau, Blonde Blue, Sean Joe, Two River Sergeant, Sparky, Aurelius Locke, Just V, Skeeter Burke, Rapture Ready, Whiskey Blue. All of you guys hanging out tonight. Good to see you. Peeled by the Rabbit. They named the most peacefully attack bear in the woodshed, Doug, after Doug from the symposium. Ah, thank you. Uh, pilled by the rabbit. I've just gotten a fresh wrinkle in my brain. That definitely hurt. Ah, just kidding. 
All right, guys, you guys have been great. Thank you again for all of the gold pill donations. I had a few coming in throughout the night. Sean Joe, Two Rivers. Oh, wait, that's a scratch -um. That's a scratch. <laughs> Aurelius Locke is not used to uh, the two-hour format anymore. You're ready for me to go until 12 at night, aren't you, buddy? Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow. We've got, uh, we've got our work cut out for us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are, man, we are T minus less than a week, at least for myself to be over in Las Vegas for the, uh, for God and country Patriot double down. We'll see how it goes. I was just on the phone with a friend today talking about, uh, Southwestern airlines. Yeah. Oh, Cause, uh, that's how I'm getting there. Uh, but we'll figure everything out as we go along. Let's see what we got here. Zena, Pithagi, thank you guys for hanging out tonight. Good to see you in the audience. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. The scratching has been released. Don't forget, guys, to check us out over at thecreport.com. For up-to-the-date news and information about The Sea Report and any of the shows here at Mr. CTV, go over to thecereport.com. Like, say, for example, if I had decided to sleep through the show tonight, well, actually, I don't think I would have posted that at thecereport.com because I would have been asleep. Anyways, you can get up-to-the-bit show information there. Check us out at our podcast, theanchor.fm slash thecereport.com. That is anchor.fm slash the C report. Check us out over at the C report podcast side. If your eyes and your fingers are too busy for a live stream, you can definitely catch us there doing pretty good. Uh, checking out the um, checking out the uh, podcast does support the show much like the gold pills, etc. does definitely help support the show. Aurelius is asking, are you working for the IRS? Aurelius, my brother, my man. I thought we knew each other better than that, sir. <laughs> no, I don't work for the, I don't work for the enemy. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Anyways, guys, we will be back tomorrow. No telling what time. Well, we'll be here at 7.30 p.m. for sure. We'll be here at midnight p.m. for sure. Just kidding, that's midnight a.m. for sure. Just to ensure that uh, that's going to be Mr. C in the dark tomorrow. Mr. C in the dark, live manana. And uh, the C report and who knows what else, my friends. Speak on easy. You have a great night, sir. Thank you for taking all the gold pills, sir. Uh, all right, guys, we will see you guys again tomorrow. Till then, be good, be good, be good, be safe, be blessed. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, God bless America. Have a great night.